everybody, and welcome back to Four Peas in a Pod. This week's episode is sponsored by Nike for all your clothes, shoes, accessories, and sports apparel needs to keep you on your best game. And remember to just do it. This week, we read the book The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It was talking about the murder, the murders by H.H. Holmes in Chicago during the World's Fair creation. And I really enjoyed the book because it talked about how the fair was created and like the architecture that went into it. And it also showed that you don't really know who people are. Like Holmes seemed like a good guy until he was a murderer. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. All right, yeah. Uh... I thought the book was a little bit boring sometimes, like when they talked about the architecture stuff, but I think the serial killer parts were pretty interesting, especially how Holmes created like his own hotel with secret passages and stuff. It was pretty creepy. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting how Holmes went about uh, creating all his different businesses, aliases, and uh, he didn't get caught. his murders. Yeah. yeah. Um, at some points, I really enjoyed the book, and at others, I thought it was moving kind of slow, but um, the interesting parts were really fun to read, and I enjoyed learning about the murders, and also the confession part was um, really interesting, and the architecture was cool to learn about, too. Yeah, like, it was the two main architects that yeah. I talked about a lot. And, like, the two, like, different, like, type of people in this book, I thought that was, like, cool. Yeah, and the part how they had to make something that would rival Eiffel Tower. Yeah. yeah. Something unique, and they came up with the Ferris wheel. Yeah, and, like, the fair attracted so many people, and it was, like, a really, like, big thing for them, and it was super exciting for everyone, like, back then, because it was, like, something that had never been done before, like, that, like, huge fair and everything, so. And then it brought, like, more people to stay at Holmes Hotel, which kind of... Yeah. And he only allowed women in, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's a weird dude. And yeah, it, he dated, he, he married three women at the same time. Yeah, and he killed each one. <laughs> and nobody suspected him. Yeah. And all the corpses he donated to medical, yep. <laughs> the medical field. few facts from the book that we would like to share one of them is because all of Holmes contradicting lies not much is known about his childhood but it is believed that as a young child his classmates teased and bullied him even so far that they that when they discovered his fear of doctors they forced him to stand in front of a skeleton and stare at it Holmes later said that it was experiences like this that exercised him about his fear of death and may have led to his fascination so like people in his childhood kind of um, pushed him to that lifestyle is what he was kind of admitting to that if he hadn't have went through like traumatic experiences like that maybe he wouldn't have turned out how he did yeah more about his childhood it's just more how he reacted to it because it says he was born into a privileged childhood and uh, an affluent family so he was unusually smart as a kid so that doesn't mean I just don't think that gives him reason, even if he was bullied, to be a serial killer. Yeah. yeah. And he was born with the name Herman Webster Mudgett, and it was later in his life that he took the name H.H. H. Holmes. 
and he was believed to be America's first serial killer, and he was also referred to as the Beast of Chicago, and is believed to have killed somewhere between 20 to 200 people, so it's a big range. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Nobody really knows the exact number. Yeah, he confessed to only 27 murders, only 9 could be confirmed, and some of the people he claimed to have murdered were still alive, though it could be up to as many as 200, which is insane. Also, just a little, like, fun thing if you guys want to um, read the book and if you like it. Hulu is actually making a series based on the book, The Devil in the White City, so that'll be out pretty soon and fun. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. That be fun to watch. Oh, yeah, really? With Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's a perk. Um, and when Holmes died, he asked to be buried 10 feet under, and he asked to be cased in concrete because his, he didn't want grave robbers to exhume and dissect his body. And despite this being an odd request, it was granted after he died. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, the, before he died, the newspapers paid him 7500 which is about $215,000 today, to tell his story. But they didn't get quite what they bargained for because he gave a number of contradictory accounts, lies, which ultimately discredited him. Yeah. And then in the book, the author's purpose was just to inform, not persuade. Um, Eric Larson was informing his audience about what had happened at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, and he did a very good job of it because he wasn't, he didn't show his opinion very much, it was just facts about yeah. the murders. Yeah, and the book kind of starts out slow because he starts out explaining all the different architect stuff, like how Chicago had to fight to get the fair at their city, yeah. and ultimately they chose it because it was Chicago's one of the main railroad centers at the time. Yeah. And he did a very good job of showing both sides, the construction and the Holmes murder side. You can tell he didn't write it with any, like, bias, opinion or anything. Yeah. He was very straightforward and very factual. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the reasons it's called the Devil in the White City is because Chicago is known as the White City because of the extensive streetlights which they used. Uh, like, the whole fair was lit up with streetlights. Yeah. It's cool. My favorite quote from The Devil in the White City is, It was so easy to disappear, so easy to deny knowledge, so very easy in the smoke and dim to mask that something dark had taken root. This was Chicago on the eve of the greatest fair in history. This is my favorite quote because of how it is directed towards Holmes, with his countless murders and schemes and false fronts. It goes in hand with how he was able to fool all those around him with all his elaborate lies and all the while he was committing his atrocities. Now we're going to talk about a few quotes that really stood out to us in the book. On page 102, it says, There were too many disappearances in all parts of the city to investigate properly, and too many forces impeding the detection of patterns. And this really shows that there were so many, like disappearances were such a common occurrence in Chicago that um, although Holmes killed many people, he was able to fly under the radar because the disappearances of his murders just blended in with all the other murders. Um, I have another quote and it's from Holmes. It says, I was born with a devil in me. I could not help the fact that I, w I was a murderer. 
Um, this was a quote actually from his confession at the end of the book, but they placed it at the beginning of the book, which I thought was um, a smart thing to do because it kind of set the tone for us for the rest of the book. It also um, showed how little like remorse he had for the crimes that he was committing, and he just accepted the fact that he couldn't help it, that he was a murderer, but um, yeah, that was cool. Uh, the quote I had was, with demand outpacing supply, doctors established a custom of graciously and discreetly accepting any offered cadaver, which is pretty crazy because in like in the late 1800s, homes would actually kill people and then sell the skeletons for money. Yeah, that's weird. That was, yeah, creepy. <laughs> um, there was another quote on page 92 that says, Holmes' absences from Wilmette lengthened once again, although at regular intervals he sent Myrda and his daughter enough money to keep them comfortable. He even ensured the girl's life, since children, after all, were such fragile things and could be taken from the world in a heartbeat. Um, this was during one of his marriages to his wife, Myrda, at the time, and he actually had a daughter with her, and this was just saying that his visits to them were becoming sparse, and he was still sending them money, but he didn't see them as often as he usually did, which is showing that he was not like didn't care about them very much yeah um another quote that i have is holmes was testing his power to bend the lives of people this makes a lot of sense because um the book explains how intriguing holmes was to many people he was a very attractive personable um, person and was able to gain others trust easily um but soon enough he would always like turn his back on them and he continued to push his limits with like everyone around him with the things that he was doing and the things he was lying about yeah it just really shows how he was as a person. Yeah. Now to talk about a couple of these interesting stories because there's some wacky stuff in his life. Um, when one of his lady friends disappeared, as they often did, and no witnesses recalled seeing her after Christmas Eve because he took her and the daughter on Christmas Eve in 1891. And uh, the author, Larson, writes that this was not precisely accurate because others did see Julia again. Although by then, no one, not even her own family back in Iowa, could have been expected to recognize her. Yeah. Wow. And I actually have a quote from while he was killing one of his wife's sisters. On page 296, it says, He had to concentrate to hear the sobs from within. The airtight fittings, the iron walls, and the mineral wool insulation deadened most of the sound. But he found with experience that if he listened at the gas pipe, he heard everything much more clearly. And this just shows like the amount of work that went into building his hotel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah the, the gas room where he killed yeah, like, everybody. What I read, it said his bedroom had controls that he could fill these the rooms with gas. Yeah. And the basement also contained a lab with equipment for his dissections. Yeah, and this was him again killing one of his wife's sisters named Anna. And during this part, he even talked about how he wished he could save her, but he couldn't because something was holding him back from opening the vault door and letting her out. So he really was just a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so. he went... Yeah, many things went through his brain of how he could save her and what it would look like if he did, but he just couldn't. Yeah. Now to talk about how he got caught. Um, it says he was finally caught after trying to use another corpse in an insurance scam. And he confessed, like we said earlier, um... I was born with a devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. Yeah, and there's actually a video, although it talks about it at the end of the book, 
um, it doesn't really go into much detail, but there's a video from BuzzFeed on YouTube that we watched that shows how, like, it goes into major detail on how he was caught. And one of them was that somebody noticed that his wife and his children were missing, and he, he thought Holmes did it. So he had detectives search Holmes' house, and they found the bones of one of his children. And then in his hotel, they found more remains of his missing family. So that really showed that Holmes killed him. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about Holmes and his murders, but now we're going to go into more about the architecture side of the book, which many of us found boring, but it's still an important part of the World's Fair and an important history in Chicago. Yeah, so central to the book is Daniel Burnham and his partner, what was his name, Root, and they were a big part in shaping the fair. Uh, Larson goes into a lot of depth in their lives, and especially when Burnham's best friend and partner Root dies. Uh, some interesting facts about uh, the structures that they made. Um, one vast structure had a floor that alone required five train cars worth of nails. So just the amount of work that they got done in less than two years was pretty crazy. Yeah, and it talked a lot about Root's widow and how she was coping with his death. And then um, Burnham had to go on with the building being one of the main architects alone. And then it talked a lot about some fires that occurred during the building process. Yeah, they how, had a lot of disasters that yeah, they had to work through. There were a lot of deaths among the workers. Eric Larson went into like crazy detail about um, all the architecture and like what it took. That's why kind of I think we thought it was boring, but it is really important. Yeah. Um, it just kind of got monotonous and they went over it a bunch of times and yeah. all like the crazy details and everything. But it was really important and interesting to like learn about. So. And it talked about the creation of Ferris wheel, which was very interesting because a lot of us know it. We didn't think much detail went into building it, but if you think about it, it's, it's a very complicated process. Yeah, complicated yeah, it was design. A exciting time. They had a bunch of different new yeah. novelties, like uh, the invention of the zipper and Cracker Jacks and belly dancers, as he talks about. Yeah. <laughs> and they bring exotic stuff from all over the world, like ostriches, mummies, sphinxes, and alleged cannibals which evoked much color, so yeah. the dark, so are the darker events at that time. Yeah, and the fair really, we don't think about it much, but it was a staple in modern fairs that are still around today. It was huge. It, it said, um, I don't have the exact numbers, but it said that there was like a certain amount of people in the world and like more than half the people in the world like traveled to come to it like it was a huge attraction yeah so many people came to it and it was like a really big deal and it was um just an awesome thing for everyone like back then during that time because there was nothing really like it before yeah it was a big thing and a lot of people really enjoyed going there with their families but also again that's what led to more people being killed by homes yeah, he, he was able to lure them all in so yeah, yeah to go back because i just think it's interesting like how this psycho can get his own business and yeah. start making a murder hotel he started out owning a pharmacy in which he killed the widow after her husband died and he then owned that for a short time and he used that business along yeah. with fake lines of credit to build his hotel around the time of the chicago world fair so i mean he just got it was a pretty lucky time for him with all the people coming in for the fair 
Yeah, and it talks about how many people saw him as handsome and trustworthy, and many people trusted him with their lives, and yeah. it really turned yeah, on him. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... All in all, I believe that the book was very good, and Larson did a good job of connecting the building of the fair and Holmes's murders together. He really laced them together very well. I agree. Um, I enjoyed the fun, like, kind of scary parts about the murders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was definitely the most exciting parts. Yeah, they, yeah. it kind of, like, was really exciting. And at the same time, you also learned, like, part of the history of the fair, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, very important history still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was a good book. Yeah. 10 out of 10. So, um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in to our podcast. Come back next week for our next book. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>